0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is slowly but surely sweeping the Nation. Welcome to it everybody. This is episode 32. little week two NFL uh, review and then we'll look ahead to week number three in the NFL and fantasy football. Survivor pools, daily fantasy, seasonal fantasy against the spread. We got it all covered for you on this episode. I am Jeff Vance. You can find my work over there at fantasyguru.com. Projections, rankings waiver pickups trades buy low sell high a 24 7 online chat room where you could ask me and our entire staff direct questions anytime you like just lowered all the prices down there uh now that we're well past draft season so get it for uh, well over 50 percent off for the rest of the year that goes through the playoffs and everything else we do our staff picks If you're in confidence pools and things like that, EliteFantasy.com is where you go for all the daily fantasy sports needs. Remember, over a million dollars won by our subscribers in week number one. We had a very profitable week number two. Did not have that. Like I said last week, you don't win a million dollars plus every single week. Never happens. I would never set those expectations for anybody. So, don't, uh, don't get those expectations for you, but it's definitely possible. And last week was perfect because we profit. Cash game smashed 100% across the board, which is always great. We won some GPPs too. Uh, a couple of five-figure winners from our subscribers last week. So another profitable week. We'll keep that going into week number three. Again, EliteFantasy.com. And if you go to EliteFantasy.com slash MANS, M-A-N-S, that's where you get the discounts for all three of our sites. It's a little promo code on the top and just plug that in and you're good to go. on any of our sites gives you 20% off anything. It's the only promo code we offer. So uh, get there, check that out. And then of course, EliteSportsBetting.com, another four in one week for me. That's eight and two in the five team parlays overall. I am seven or no, I am, I'm sorry, nine and three overall on EliteSportsBetting.com that includes prop bets Uh, I don't do prop bets on the five teams team or parlays that I do on the series show so uh, a couple prop bet wins in there as well so that is factored in EliteSportsBetting.com follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans M-A-N-S-D Jeff Mans on Facebook Instagram Snapchat and TikTok let's dive into it recording this Immediately after just recording the uh, Sirius XM radio show, Elite Sports, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday, except Thursdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius 210 XM 87. For those of you who don't listen to the Sirius XM show, let me give you a little week to recap. It was bedlam, mayhem. It was murder. It was injury-riddled. Week in fantasy football and in the NFL, and I gave a lot of talks to a lot of people over this past week. I'll do it for you here now, real quick. I'm just telling everybody, you don't give up. There, I've recognized in 43 years on this planet that there are different kinds of people, that all of us are wired a little bit differently. Nobody's exactly alike, or very few are exactly alike. And we all have different thoughts and feelings, but there's some overwhelming thoughts. And when injuries happen in fantasy football, the natural reaction is, well, that's it. My season's done. It's over. I, my personality, when I see something like that, I lick my chops. I'm like an animal in the wild. I see opportunity. It's just how I'm wired for whatever reason I think it's a good thing. It's been very beneficial to me over the years, I believe, because I don't don't worry about it. If I lost my number one draft pick, somebody else, that's why I handcuff running backs. That's why I play. I know the situations I need to be invested in. I'm not guessing. Uh, If Saquon Barkley, who's out for the year with a torn ACL, goes down, I know I have to adjust my roster. And that's why I have a depth chart. Next guy goes in. My third running back becomes my second. Second becomes one. And did I handcuff? Do I have Wayne Gallman? Do I have Deion Lewis? Those are real questions. The giant situation is a little different than say Carolina where Christian McCaffrey also on injured reserve four to six weeks of the high ankle sprain there. Do you have Mike Davis? You're in great shape. That's a wonderful situation to have handy to have handcuff. And it's why I do the, the running back grid every single week over there at FantasyGuru.com. As a matter of fact, I will uh, go through the whole running back grid and update line by line that for you guys here on today's show. I didn't do that on the SiriusXM show. Uh, that's exclusive to Fantasy Guru subscribers, so I'll give that to you, give that out today. We'll go through the running back since there are so many injuries. Cortland Sutton out for the year, torn ACL. That benefits Jerry Judy. I think Noah Fant is the guy in the very short term that will get a bump. A lot of talk about K.J. Hamler, but Drew Locke also out two to six weeks. Now, he's got inflammation in his rotator cuff and an AC joint sprain. It's a multiple injury to his right shoulder. It's a throwing shoulder. That's no bueno. That is very bad. I don't expect Drew Locke to be back before the six weeks. I actually wonder and I'm slightly concerned whether or not he is out for the duration of the season. With that, And if he does come back, is he going to be able to sling it the way he did before? If he's not there, I think it hurts K.J. Hamler a ton. As you need the deep threat, you need the guy airing it out. Jeff Driscoll's dink and dunk. He runs a little bit more. Uh, I, I just don't see the connection with K.J. Hamler here and there maybe, but not the guy you want to invest in for fantasy purposes. So it's going to be the Jerry Judy, Noah Fant show in Denver for the time being. Major injuries to the San Francisco 49ers. And as we get to our week three preview, I've got a lot of thoughts on what's going on in San Francisco. Let's go through the 49er injuries first and foremost. They lost Nick Bosa for the year with torn ACL. Solomon Thomas is out. He's on injured reserve uh, as well. We've lost, they've lost Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain. He's not starting in week three. He should be good to go for week four. They thought he would play through it, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust the turf at MetLife Stadium. They played there against the Jets last week. They play there this week against the Giants. And thus, it's not a – they don't want to risk it, and they're not going to risk Jimmy Garoppolo. So Nick Mullins will get the start there. Remember, this offseason, the San Francisco 49ers lost to Forrest Buckner. They traded him away. They drafted Javon Kinlaw, who – they thought would be the perfect compliment. He didn't play a, a ton of snaps on week one, played a lot more in week two. Did, you know, fairly decent results. They're very excited about him, but he's a rookie that isn't there yet. He's not even close to DeForest Buckner. Now you lose Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. And by the way, Richard Sherman already banged up, but he's on injured reserve. D. Ford is out. Last week, he fords out this week again. This defense of San Francisco is not good. It's no longer good. It's lost every part that was good. It's gone. The coverage with Emmanuel Mosley and Akela Witherspoon and Quan Williams is borderline garbage. They were reliant on getting that pass rush going and not having to cover long periods of time. The longer they have to cover, the longer it's been proven over the last three seasons that those guys are terrible. Raheem Mostert out for week number three. Don't think this is a long-term injury for Raheem Mostert. All right, this is another situation where the 49ers are simply resting their main players. And with Tevin Coleman, knee injury, he's on injured reserve uh, for the time being with that knee injury out about four to six weeks for him too. Now you wonder, all right, well, how long is Raheem Mostert going to be out? It's an MCL sprain, which is a partial tear, by the way, in the knee, but it's supposedly very low grade, which means he could play in a week or two. That means Jarek McKinnon's going to get that starting job for at least a week, maybe two weeks until Mostert comes back. And at the very least, Jarek McKinnon going to be the number two and complementary player to Mostert when he does come back. Now, for week number three, I don't even think McKinnon's going to lead the team in carries. I think Jeffrey Wilson Jr. leads this team in carries. I think he has a pretty darn good game against the New York Giants overall as well. You know what I mean? So, there you go. Um, So, the 49ers are just a catastrophe, an utter mess, right? So, um, other injuries, though, and we knew something – was going wrong. We knew something wasn't right. We just got news while I was on the SiriusXM show, and as I'm recording this now, that it does not look good for Devonte Adams. He suffered a uh, a hamstring injury during the game last week against for the Green Bay Packers. hasn't practiced all week long, and now they're saying it's increasingly concerned that they're not going to that he's not going to be available for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this week, a Sunday night game, huge one against the New Orleans Saints. So if Devontae Adams is out, bumps up guys like Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling on, uh, on that one as well. Other injuries from week number two, uh, Will Fuller's hamstring appears to be okay, in good shape. Paris Campbell's lost for at least four to eight weeks of the PCL injury. He's on injured reserve for the Indianapolis Colts. So a minimum of three weeks, but he's out more four to eight. That leaves rookie Michael Pittman. And don't forget Zach Paschal. Players you should have targeted on waiver wires this past week. Those two guys will step up. I have Pittman valued ahead of Paschal for the rest of the season, but I have Paschal ahead of Pittman. Just so you're aware, this week against a very poor New York Jets secondary, Zach Paschal. Guy, you got to start this week. Uh, other injury news was I mentioned Saquon uh, on injured reserve. Didn't talk about the Giants. They signed Devontae Freeman. It's going to take Devontae Freeman several weeks to get back. And remember, as meant, a lot of people are blaming the injuries on the lack of preseason games for these players. But these players have all been in training camp for six weeks. Devontae Freeman has not. It's going to take Freeman a while to get back up to speed for this Giants team. And that means in the short term, Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. I think Wayne Gallman is the most interesting running back from a fantasy football perspective on this Giants team. Now he's banged up. He was inactive last week. Uh, we've got positive updates looking pretty good for him to play this week against that 49er team, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. I, speculation is still Deion Lewis will get the bulk of the snaps and touches. But Gallman's just a better player than Deion Lewis. And he's right up there with Devonta Freeman. So we'll see. It's going to take a while for Devonta Freeman. Don't think you, you grabbed him and you're going to be good in week three or four. It's going to be week five, six, or seven maybe even before the uh, Devonta Freeman is ready to go. And that's you know going to take quite a bit of time. Right there. Uh, Other injury news coming out of week number two. We had Rashad Perriman with an ankle injury. He's still only limited in practice. Not looking good for him. Then How about the Terod Taylor situation in L.A. with the Chargers? Here's the story on Terod Taylor. He bruised a rib in practice on Friday. How does a quarterback get a bruised rib on a Friday practice? I have no fucking idea. But... He did. And the team doctor before the game, as is custom, they always do this, no matter you got an ankle, an elbow, a shoulder, any injury. They shoot it, up yep, with cortisone. They put the numbing agent in there so you don't feel it during the game. They shot him up. They put a needle in his rib, and when they did that to make him feel better, they actually punctured his lung, and he had to go to the hospital immediately and he still got the punctured lung and thus he's not playing this week Justin Herbert who looked good against Kansas City he lost the game for him because of a real shitty turnover and you know Kansas City got the best of him by the end of that game but um you know Herbert flashed some some things uh didn't I mean, I'm not a Justin Herbert guy I don't think long term you know he he's got he is a, a weird kid cuz at Oregon Big cut kid, strong arm, the whole deal. All he did was check down. All it was a screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, screen pass. Weird. Good for Austin Eckler. Not great for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, even though they had decent enough games. At Williams, not a lot of targets, but did uh, get a, an end zone target. That was a great play by the, uh, Tyron Matthew, actually. a safety from the, the Chiefs knocked it down out of Mike Williams' hands, saved a touchdown this past week. So uh, Herbert fine. I don't When Tyrod Taylor is ready to come back though. I, I believe Tyrod is going to be the starter at least for the first half of the year. So that could be as early as week number four. So you get one more start out of Herbert here and it's a good match against Carolina, but rookie quarterbacks is not where you want to hang your hat. You don't put faith or trust in rookie quarterbacks, rookie running backs. Absolutely. A rookie receiver, sure. Why not? If they got a good quarterback, good veteran quarterback, fine. I could dig that. Veteran tight end, no. Veteran quarterback, no. That's not where you want to invest in rookies. All right. I should say rookie quarterback, rookie tight end, rookie quarterback. Both of those are no. Veterans, of course, are good at those positions. Uh, but what else from the injury standpoint? This past right? I think we hit them all, or at least the main skill position ones, as of, uh, as of right now. But um, Bill Cam Akers, my guy, he got a rib injury. We actually did get an update on him, um, I think, on Thursday. He's got separated cartilage in his ribs. He fell on the football. It was one of the weirdest things ever. But it, it's also – it's a freak injury – but I worry that Cam Akers may be soft as butter because it didn't look like it was anything bad. It happens a hundred times a week to running backs. You always land on the football. It's tackle after all of a sudden done, right? Well, they said, okay, it should be good. Likely we'll start on Sunday again. Remember Cam Akers is the starting running back for the LA Rams. People are not understanding that concept And I saw people cut him and all this other kind of stuff. But Sean McVay came out uh, on Thursday and said that Cam Akers' recovery isn't going as well, and it uh, leans to the fact that Akers may not be able to go here in week number three against the Buffalo Bills. That's the case. It's going to be Daryl Henderson. Henderson carried the ball 14 times, 120 yards against Philadelphia this past week. Ball, you know, He's a fast, electric-type runner, too. He was the main competition for Cam Akers. It was never Malcolm Brown, who, by the way, Malcolm Brown, he absolutely obliterated his pinky finger, obliterated, to the point he had to have emergency surgery Monday morning to fix it. So I would call Malcolm Brown a longer shot to play than Cam Akers even, but at this point I think both are maybe unlikely. And I, you don't trust Malcolm Brown. The Rams can't trust Michael, Malcolm Brown. That's a fumbling liability. It's a pass-blocking uh, liability, and it's a pass-catching liability. There's no way you can trust Malcolm Brown this week. So, that leaves Daryl Henderson. Not a great matchup against Buffalo, but to carry the load. We know what happens in L.A. Rams, running backs, score touchdowns. We know this. It's why we are invested in acres in the fifth round. That's why we – didn't mind Todd Gurley last year despite uh, 3.8 yards per carry because he's got an end zone 12 freaking times. Those are good things, and it'll be good for Daryl Henderson no matter who the Rams play this week and beyond. And it'll be good for Cam Akers when he takes that job back there as well. So that was the injury report. The waiver wire this past week, to me, the most valuable pieces were Mike Davis. Jarek McKinnon, Daryl Henderson, kind of in that order, Michael Pittman, if you're in the need for a wide receiver, um, you know, predominantly those players were the ones to be targeting. Hopefully you got one or more of them as well. I think Mike Davis is, you know, the, the prize here, he caught eight passes in garbage time work against Carolina. And it's, my favorite thing, everybody out there, everybody listening, you all are going to understand now how fluky Christian McCaffrey's production has been over the last two years. Because all he did is catch passes, and they're not good, folks. You don't, you're not a great running back, and your team sucks all the time. All right, that doesn't happen. You, if a great running back is, you make your team better he can't christian mccaffrey hasn't made his team better at all he just catches a bunch of shitty passes that mean nothing just like mike davis did last week mike davis had like what 14 points and fucking four minutes of football man it's danny woodhead type bullshit and this is why ppr and fantasy football is stupid it's just pure stupid Whether for receivers it's fine for running backs it's fucking dumb because all you do is catch little tiny passes for no yardage whatsoever, means nothing to the game, doesn't very rarely do they pop for big gains or positive plays, but it doesn't matter. You still get a point a point over a point for each shitty catch. It's dumb. To be half point PPR at the absolute tops for running backs. But here we go. So as a result, by that theory, now Mike Davis is going to be an impossibly valuable commodity in full point PPR leagues because Carolina's off His defense is terrible. They're gonna be trailing all the time and he's gonna get dump off after dump off after dump off after dump off. Is he gonna be good? No. Is he to, is he as good a runner as McCaffrey before or after the catch? Fuck no. But who cares, right? Getting eight points for eight receptions, six points. He'll get six, six, five, six catches a game. No problemo. No problemo or run into some touchdowns. What do you know? Yardage, pfft. he's going to be a, a running back, too. Guy off the freaking street is going to be a running back, too. Problem with uh, those PPR leagues, but there you go. As I said with McKinnon, he's got his own in, injury issues, and most it's only out a couple weeks at the most. And I think this week you're going to start McKinnon, and he's going to bite you in the ass because Jeffrey Wilson Jr. is going to get the majority of touches. That's the way I think it goes down. So I think McKinnon... As important it is to get him for the rest of the the year, because he'll play that Tevin Coleman role until Coleman, if and when Coleman comes back, Uh, he'll have some value there. And I think that's a much better spot than him, Jarek McKinnon, carrying the full load. So, uh, so there you go. And then the rest, I mean, uh, other players, Dalton Schultz at the tight end spot, not really that interested in Dalton Schultz. um, Didn't like Blake Jarwin going into the season, not really that interested in Dalton Schultz. I'd I'd rather have Jordan Reed and or Mo Cox for one to two weeks, although both George Kittle is practicing and Jack Doyle. Both are back at practice. Kittle's not going to play because they're terrified of the MetLife turf. So you'll get another week out of Jordan Reed, should be fine. But Jack Doyle back at practice likely means Moelle Cox back to a very um, uh, limited role behind Jack Doyle, who's a full-service tight end, just means you play Jack Doyle this week if you're uh, tight end mandatory or even a DFS What else do we got? All right, let's get into uh, week number three. You know, it's Thursday. I'm sure you guys are looking for week three insights and not me just recap every freaking thing. I'll talk about my rankings. They're live over there at FantasyGuru.com, updated for the Thursday night games now. We'll be updated Friday night, late night Friday. Once we know official injury concerns about all these players and more. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners and safeties and linebackers. There's a lot to digest this week. So that Friday night update to the rankings is going to be very, very important for my subscribers over at FantasyGuru.com. My starts this week, these are players that you may think are on the fringe. I mean, you're not too sure, but to me, they're automatic starts. And I'm going to assume 12-team. Full-point PPR leagues for all this stuff, all right? Every week I'm going to be doing starts and sits for you guys. These are players I'm definitely starting, and then there's players I'm definitely sitting. So with that in mind, the players I'm definitely starting this week, I'll start right off with the last one you saw on the field on Monday Night Football, Drew Brees. He's starting against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay's a tough defense, but I'm not going to throw away two bad games of Drew Brees. A lot of checkdowns, It's definitely concerning, but Drew Brees at home in a primetime game is an auto start. It's an absolute lock button every time play. Now people are asking me, should I start Gardner Minshew or Ryan Fitzpatrick or these, you know, Nick Mullins over a Drew Brees? And resoundingly not. This is a team with a lot of weapons, even without Michael Thomas. And the more Green Bay scores, the more the Saints are going to have to score. Don't forget, from a straight fantasy football point of view, the New Orleans Saints still scored, what, 24 points this past week against the Oakland Raiders. It wasn't a great game, but Brees still threw for 300 yards, only had the one touchdown. But now he comes home in a game that should be another shootout, and uh, you think the Saints are going to try to go one and two? They're not going to try but they're going to fight like hell not to. We, Bree, they put up 24 points. He threw for 312 yards, and Emmanuel Sanders didn't even exist. Their best wide receiver didn't even exist in the game. So I think we see a lot more Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, he's a stardom this week as well against Green Bay. But, um, yeah, you're starting him. You're starting Ben Roethlisberger. All right, those two are absolute starts. Mike Davis I just talked about. He is an absolute stardom for this week, Leonard Fournette. How you like that call last week, podcast people? That's right. That's why you get that. You get this shit for free, really? Good lord! Uh, by the way, leave some comments. Leave uh, you know, rate the show, comment, subscribe if you can. All that stuff is very important in the podcasting game, um, and it doesn't take much work from you. Come on, let's be honest. I'm not asking you to put money in a damn jar. Just say, hey, cool podcast, hey, good job, or hey, bad job, whatever it is, whatever it is you honestly feel. I'm not going to ask you to say something that you don't believe. Um, But, yeah, Mike Davis, like him, a great uh, deal. Like Leonard Fournette against the Denver Broncos here as well. Broncos are going to have trouble scoring their offense. We talked about with no Drew Locke, no Cortland Sutton. That's in trouble. But how about the defense? in Denver as well. I mean, this is a defense that's in just as much trouble as the offense. It's a shame because the Broncos came into the year in real good spirits. And then losing Von Miller right, right at the start was just atrocious blow. They lost Chris Harris to free agency this off season. And um, then they, they also lost Derek Wolf, one of their best defensive linemen this off season. And lost Mark Barron, one of their best linebackers uh, this uh during this not offseason, he gets on IR. And AJ Bouye, their best cornerback, now goes down. So <laughs> Bryce Callahan, who is a very undersized corner who had one good year ever, and that's back with Vic Fangio in Chicago two years ago, didn't even play last year in Denver's hurt all year. He is a slot cornerback and he was a good one. Now he's got to play outside against Tall, big, wide receivers like Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, good fucking luck. He's in trouble. He's in real trouble. And then you got a third-round pick, Michael Ujay Mudia, I believe is how you pronounce it, from Iowa, that is very, very raw, and he's now forced into a starting job here. This defense is secondary with no pass rush for the Broncos – is in a great deal of trouble against Tampa Bay. And why does that matter for Leonard Fournette? Because that opens up running lanes. They have to keep people back. They can't stack the line of scrimmage to stop Fournette. And we saw what happened last week when that same element happened. Fournette just broke through the line, took it to the house, two touchdowns. It's a huge call from us last week. Leonard Fournette's the new starter in Tampa Bay. He is an absolute running back, two this week. And he's going He's going to challenge running back one status very, very soon. You know, couldn't could be going in the next week, as a matter of fact. We may have him as a running back one. A.J. Green, have to start him against Philadelphia. You're going to get a lot of exposure to Avante Maddox, who's a tiny cornerback as well. He has like a seven-inch height differential. A.J. Green over Maddox. Maddox isn't great in coverage anyway. So this is just an absolute mismatch. And it's really – if A.J. Green gets another 13 targets, he's going to be the top point scorer in fantasy football this week. So he starts for you. Mike Williams is a start, top 36 guy against Carolina. He's going to see a lot of Dante Jackson in coverage and very – very little safety impact there as well there's nobody in that carolina backfield defensive backfield that can keep up with mike williams physically his pure size hands reach leaping ability it's not it's bad for that cornerback those corners and uh, mike williams definitely gets in the end zone here this week and then noah fant talked about him he's got he's one of the guys he's going to pick it up him and jerry judy for the um, Denver Broncos, and the Broncos have – its Tampa's defense is – it's a real good pass rush, great at stopping the run, not great at coverage, but they've they been able to isolate. Carlton Davis has played pretty damn well through two games so far. He's a guy we used to pick on. So I, I'd look for Jeff Driscoll to really pepper the center of the field and Noah Fant. So those players are all sure things. them in week number three. Bench them. Players that you need to keep on your bench here this week include Tom Brady. Same matchup against Denver. I think Tampa Bay will be able to to score and move the football, but Brady's not a top twelve option this week. He's just not. Uh, I got. I think I got him fourteenth right now. Could he? He'll could squeak in the top twelve. Sure. Sure. If you have Tom Brady as your starting quarterback, you need to find a new starting quarterback. You need to find somebody else that's going to be more consistent of a performer for you because this is obviously not a great fit, him and Bruce Arians. It'll be fine because of the pure talent, Mike Evans and Godwin, and Brady's a veteran, who will, and, and Arians is a veteran coach. They're going to find a middle, and Buccaneers could still be a very good team. But the fan, pure fantasy production is just its going to be on the level of a Carson Palmer in Arian's offense than it was with a Jameis Winston in an Arian's offense. So you sit in him, Carson Wentz, I can't – even against the Cincinnati Bengals, I can't trust Carson Wentz until we see something better in that offensive line's in misery. This is a Miles Sanders week. He's going to eat. That's going to be the game plan. Philadelphia has to win this week absolutely must win game of all the teams in the national football league, the team that needs to win the most, the Philadelphia Eagles, Kareem hunt. We saw it. He had one touch to 20 for Nick Chubb going into the uh, second half of the fourth quarter on uh, th- last Thursday against Cincinnati Bengals. Then he, he got that miracle. That one touch was just so happy. Actually had two touches one rush attempt, and then he had one catch. Just so happened to be a touchdown. Then he had that huge last drive where he ran the ball down 70 yards uh, on eight carries and a touchdown. It's fluky. I think this game's going to be very low scoring against Washington. I think it's a very tough matchup against the Washington Potatoes defense. So I'm sitting Kareem Hunt. He's definitely not a top 24 guy for me this week. Zach Moss is banged up, but even if not, I'm not playing him against Aaron Donald. And the Rams defense, Deion Lewis, I'm sitting down no matter what happens with Wayne Gallman, I'm sitting Michael Gallup down this week against some top coverage and good safeties in Seattle for the Dallas Cowboys. John Brown, I'm sitting against, among others, Jalen Ramsey in that defensive backfield in L.A., not starting John Brown. And um, the other guy that is starting to move up my list that I had as a bench... So I'm not going to – it was Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson has squeaked his way up because of some of these other injuries to, uh, to other receivers ahead. So he's made it into my top 36. But I lean against Robbie Anderson this week. Remember, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris Jr., still some strong safety play even without Derwin James. Great pass rush in L.A. with the Chargers defense, they're going to have a difficult time. Carolina's going to have a real tough time throwing the football this week, and I shy away from Robbie Anderson. And then the other one is Dallas Goddard. Told you I think Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. Zach Ertz has still got to get going. The idea of starting a second tight end from one team is almost preposterous. I get it with Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles. I I understand why but I don't think it's sustainable. And I definitely don't think that they're going to be feed two tight ends in this game this week at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. So with that, those are my sits for week number three. Let's get the, let's talk about the updated. So all the injuries, all this, let's talk about the updated running back grid over at fantasyguru.com. For those who don't, Aren't subscribers to Fantasy Guru uh, and you don't know what the running back grid is, essentially, this is what it is. It is something that's straight from my brain and my own algorithm, where I, based on all my research and knowledge of these systems, I form, and then what I, we adjust every single week, we update it. Uh, we identify the best running systems in the National Football League for fantasy football purposes. This encompasses there, you know, you're the offensive line. It encompasses what the coaching style is, the history of the coaching staff, the offensive line coordinators, the running back coaches. How, what those kind of coaches have gotten out of players in the short term. It, it comes. It counts for. Accounts for the actual players' standalone value. How good of a pure running back he is in a neutral setting. It encompasses uh, offensive line data uh, via footballoutsiders.com, Pro Football Focus, ESPN, and all those offensive line data points as well as a couple of my own nuggets that I have that I value from an offensive line standpoint. And and then the volume, sheer volume numbers, both in the run game and the passing game, the targets, the routes run and all that. All of that is comprised into – My algorithm that spits out what teams have the actual best running systems does not mean this is going to have the most production all the time. Um, For instance, Carolina was 24th out of 32 teams last week with Christian McCaffrey. And you think, well, McCaffrey, it's unbelievable. That's just a fluke. It's one of the fluky things. Now they're down at 28th bottom five in the league now without McCaffrey, they dropped a couple of spots because they were relying on the pure talent of the running back. Other situations are very run heavy, very profitable and you'll see for the most part, I'll go through it with you. So going my, the running back grid 3.0 for week number three, the best running systems schemes in the national football league are Baltimore, Minnesota, Tennessee, San Francisco, Dallas Cowboys are the top five. Seattle, Kansas City, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh round out the top 10. New Orleans, LA Rams, Denver Broncos, LA Chargers, Oakland Raiders round out the top 15. Packers, Bills, Giants, Falcons, Cardinals round out the top 20. 21 is the Philadelphia Eagles, 22 the Texans, 23 the Bengals, 24 the Lions, 25 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, actually up a couple spots here going into this week uh, now that they've solved who the starting running back is finally going to be. And I think they're going to be more run heavy going forward because of uh, Tom Brady's regression. Washington Potatoes at 26. Patriots 27th, Carolina 28th, Chicago Bears 29th, the Jacksonville Jaguars 30th, the Jets 31st, Miami Dolphins 32nd. Again, we update this as the data comes in. But I've honed this running back grid over the last 15 years to the point that we're not going to see vast swings, even early on in the season. I pretty much, we pretty much had this dead to rights to start the year. Couple of blips. Couple teams will focus more, change their their identity. I want to say, or you know, change what they do predominantly. They'll run heavy more. Maybe matchups. See a lot of this gets matchup based, and we don't want to become matchup based with the running back grid. We want to be just what is the best situation. And the reason for all this, okay, the reason how it helps you, the fantasy player, is these are. Like Ravens, Vikings, Titans, 49ers, Cowboys. That's where you want to be invested. That's your ideal investment. You want to be invested in those running games. You see? Dolphins, Jets, Jaguars, Bears. You don't want to be invested in those running games. All right, so this will just help you. And then from there on this running back grid, we have the starting running back for all 32 teams. I mean, usually the early down guy, will call him in, by today's standards. Then we have the handcuff, because I believe in handcuffing. And the reason I believe in handcuffing is because I'm investing in the best running games there are. I'm investing in the those systems, the 49ers, the, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the uh, Browns. I mean, look at me. The Browns and Rams – were the two teams that I invested in very, very heavily in just about every single league, and they're two of the top three teams in rushing right now in the NFL. And and I have a ton of Raheem Mostert in leagues as well. Uh, I did have a lot of Coleman, but what are you going to do? Now I have some Mostert – or I'm sorry, some McKinnon. I actually have Jeffrey Wilson a couple leagues. So I'm willing to go all the way in on the best running games in the National Football League or for fantasy football purposes. And so we have the handcuffs, and then we have the third down backs as well, guys who are the pass catchers. And sometimes it's the same guy as the starter. Sometimes the handcuff is also the third down back. Sometimes it's a complete third party on different teams. So it just shows you the hierarchy of these running games, all right? And and then I color code it. Every single week we update it with players that are obviously like locked in, you know, their role, you know, uh, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, you know, green, obviously we know he's the starter. He's not going anywhere, all that. Then we have the handcuff color coded with, if it's a locked in handcuff like Tony Pollard, for instance, in the Cowboys, pretty easy one right there. But if it's a situation where you don't really know, like who's the handcuff in Oak or, uh, Vegas, You know, is it Jalen Richard or is it uh, Avante Booker? People are asking. Well, it's Richard, but he's yellow, meaning caution at this stage of the game. Others are in red, which means well, this is basically what I think is gonna would happen if that starter goes down. And again, this is updated based on playing time, everything based on a whole host of uh, uh, attributes. Um, both with the starter and the handcuff, and then the third down backs the same. Uh, if a situation's unstable, it's in red. If it's cautionary, it's in yellow. If it's locked in, it's green. And then we have injuries; those are in pink. If somebody is hurt, McCaffrey, for instance, uh, Philip Lindsay, Cam Akers, Mostert, you know, Darrington Evans, who's the handcuff for Derrick Henry. He still he missed the first two games, but he's in pink. But so you know. This guy is the handcuff, but he's hurt right now. And if there's an off-field issue or something else, they're uh, gray. They're um, colored in gray. So it's really easy to use, really easy to navigate, and it's a really useful tool. It's one of many that we have over there at FantasyGuru.com. Maybe next week on the show, I will get into Tyler Beaker's slot receiver grid, which I think is a very valuable commodity as well. Trying to isolate which players are playing the slot who is playing there most often, who is the be- who's producing the most out of the slot when they're out running routes out of that slot and then who is the best matchups going forward as well. He updates that every single week over there at fancyguru.com as well. We update these things constantly for you. And you know, you it really helps you in determining who to start, who to sit, who should even be on your freaking roster who should you trade for? Who should you trade away? You know, what business do you want to be in? You want to be in the Ravens running game business. It's a clusterfuck right now, but you still want to be in their business, right? Cause they're going to run the ever loving hell out of the football. So uh, those are all good things. Uh, running back grid. We'll get to some of the changes for week number three on top of all this other stuff. Uh, mckinnon's the starter with jeffrey wilson the handcuff i guess for the immediate see right now in san francisco realistically it's mostert with mckinnon being the handcuff that's the way it is right now coleman's out of the picture for us daryl williams has banged up the handcuff to clyde edwards hilaire darwin thompson he saw a lot of touches and a lot of snaps this past week against the LA Chargers after Daryl Williams went down in that game. So gotta pay attention. If you you're uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire owner, we know we like that Kansas City run game. Everybody likes that Kansas City run game. Well, make sure you're protecting those handcuffs. See, that's the biggest problem with people with handcuffing, is they'll handcuff the backup. At week one, and then they'll just wait all year. That's they'll go four, five, six, seven, eight weeks thinking somebody else is the backup. That's why we keep track of who the backup is, who the true backup is, who the third down, what the roles are on these teams. That's why it's important to update that. That's important. That's why it's important for you to check in on this information all the time. All right. So that's a clear one right there because Darwin Thompson if Clyde Edwards-Solaire goes down, Darwin Thompson is going to cost you every single cent that you have in free in your uh, fab budget coming up this week. So that is that. We know Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor's the new one with Naheem Hines being the handcuff. Some folks were asking me, um, they're asking me last week, well, you know, who's the new handcuff to Jonathan Taylor at this point? Is it, uh, is, is it going to be, Jordan Wilkins, and no, it's actually Naheem Hines, even, even though he's an undersized pass-catching guy. Hines is the next guy in line if Jonathan Taylor were to go down. Other changes for this week, the Rams. Cam Akers is still the starter. I oh, don't people – it's a weird – when you only have two weeks of data. It's very easy to be caught up in the fact that Malcolm Brown got all the week one snaps and touches. We knew that. We saw that. We talked about it on last week's show. I've talked about it on SiriusXM. I wrote about it. Malcolm Brown, eight touchdowns in his career, five of which are in week one. Why? We have no fucking idea. No idea. But it is what it is. Cam Akers got the start in week two, had three carries, looked pretty good, fell on the football, tore some rib cartilage. He, he's out. Daryl. Henderson is the handcuff to Cam Akers in L.A. He's going to start this week if Akers is out. Malcolm Brown is the third wheel. It's Akers or Henderson. Bottom line, that's what it is for the Rams. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, let's see, New York, that's one that changed pretty significantly. It's all in red. Because we really don't know what's going to happen with uh, the Giants' run game. Eventually, Devontae Freeman is going to be the, um, the lead running back. All right. But right now, Wayne Gallman is the technical starter when healthy. He's banged up too. And then Devontae Freeman is the handcuff with Deion Lewis being the third down back. Now, Deion Lewis is going to play more than just on third downs. Very good chance there's a report he's going to lead the team in carries. Well, maybe. Gallman was the handcuff to Saquon Barkley last year and actually performed well for two games before he got hurt. Scored two touchdowns one week and was off to a good start the second week and then got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. So Gallman's a good little player. He's, He's an okay player. He's not Saquon Barkley. Nobody's Saquon Barkley. All right, and the Giants running game isn't great. It's not a situation we desperately want to be invested in, that's for sure. But Gallman, Freeman, Lewis, all in red, uh, try to stay away. That's my best advice to you. Um, Elsewhere in Detroit, what's going on there? Remember week one, Adrian Peterson got a ton of snaps. Last week, it was DeAndre Swift. It's the DeAndre Swift show. DeAndre Swift is the starter. Carrion Johnson's the handcuff. Carrion got the short yardage carry last week. That's going to happen. Adrian Peterson's going to mix in two. I think DeAndre Swift actually has a sneaky good game in week three against Arizona, but he is the starter. He's the guy there with Carrion as the handcuff. And DeAndre Swift, by the way, also the third down back. And Tampa Bay talked about that one already. Leonard Fournette, the clear. Number one now with Ronald Jones becoming the handcuff. LaShawn McCoy, also on the field way more than I'm comfortable with, dropped a touchdown last week. Old piece of shit. He dropped a touchdown right through his hands. Brady put it right there. McCoy couldn't come down with it. I don't know why they're wasting their time, to be honest. In Washington, saw Peyton Barber get the majority of snaps and touches in week one, but Antonio Gibson lapped them all with his production last week. This is one of those very odd situations where Gibson is technically, technically the third down back. However, he is also the starter for fantasy purposes in this one. You know what I mean? He is also, he's just that guy. He's The alpha in the Washington backfield, he's looked pretty good. He's going to catch the ball. McKissick, Barber's the handcuff of McKissick, the third down back. Another one to stay away from, but is what it is there. Um, Carolina, talked about it. McCaffrey's obviously the starter when healthy. But Mike Davis is now the starter. He's also the third down back. Trenton Cannon, blah, is the backup running back. In Carolina, should anything happen to Mike Davis, let's just hope nothing happens to Mike Davis because uh, they'll have to go and sign Rod, Reggie Bonifant back again. Who, By the way, I saw somebody say, oh, what about Reggie Bonifant? Bonifant's been – all he never made the team. This is why I, other people were saying Bonifant – Reggie Bonifant was the handcuff to McCaffrey. He has, he never was on the team. That's why you have to pay attention to this stuff. Uh, but – Miami, that's coming. Up, that game's coming up tonight, by the way. Um, I hit the ball out of the park last week with my Thursday prediction. This week, I'm telling everybody, stay the hell away from this Miami-Jacksmo game. In my opinion, the only thing that will be of any service to you is James Robinson. Um, I think if you are in a DFS showdown slate, Matt Breida is a guy to play that nobody else will uh, attempt to. And that's really it. I I don't want anything else to do from a seasonal perspective. I don't want anything else to do with this game. If you're on a showdown, have fun, but it's a bunch of shitty players playing against shitty other players. No, thank you. But Miami's starting running back. Sadly is miles Gaskin at this point with Matt Brita being the handcuff. I don't know what's going on with Jordan Howard. I, I don't, I know they're playing from behind, and Howard will get more of a run there, but uh, he's just completely gone. So I got nothing for you. That's just Miami. Stay away from Jordan Howard. Stay away from the Miami Dolphins. I don't like Miles Gaskin either. I wouldn't even roster him. Honestly, starting running back, I wouldn't even fucking roster that guy. He is that bad. All right, so that's the updated running back grid. For this week, uh, let's get into some thoughts. I talked about tonight's game, Thursday night game. Uh, I'll give you guys the bet. I only have one bet. It's going to go under. But did you guys see it? It's 49 points. Can you fucking believe? Can you fucking believe? They're they're putting a 49 total on Miami Jacksonville. I know they're shitty teams. I know their defenses are terrible. I I know, I mean, I hundred percent know. I get it. But shitty defenses, they're shitty offenses. They're they're shitty teams. I don't think they can get it right to score fifty. I I just don't see it. That's an easy under for me, for Miami Jacksonville. So there you go. It's a freebie. Everybody should only get that at EliteSportsBetting.com. But I'll give it to my podcast people here this week. Uh, but what else do we got? Man, I'm running out of time. I guess uh, talked a lot. Uh, let's, I want to give some DFS thoughts, Daily Fantasy. Again, that's EliteFantasy.com. Um, been red hot. Just absolutely smoking to start out the entire, the, the entire uh, season. Um, here's what I'll do. I'll give you my quarterback thoughts for DFS this week. Right, the rest of it, you're going to have to get in the cash game breakdown over there at EliteFantasy.com. That one article, by the way, has absolute dozens of very high-end data points and analysis tables for you to do your own research, where I've done my research, I've isolated, put them all on the tables. One article, one article, you get all this shit, believe it or not. All that data points pulled from all different sources all around the globe. Uh, we got that. You get position analysis, weather analysis. You've got um, contest selection. You get Core Four for Super Draft, FanDuel and DraftKings every single week. I give you a GPP play every single week in there as well. Speaking of Super Draft, folks, they've been overlaying the last two weeks their hundred twenty five thousand dollar guaranteed tournament every week over at Super Draft. That thing overlays. And when I say overlay, you already have a 27% chance to cash, which is 12% higher than other GPPs, other tournaments on DraftKings and FanDuel. So you already get that. And then if nobody else, if it overlays, I mean they don't fill the contest, that means that's built-in free money for you. They're all the, Those are obviously all zeros, and it increases your chances of cashing up to almost 30, it was over 30% week one. I think it was like 29.8% in week number two. You'll never get those kind of odds on your money, TFS players. You'll never get it. Never, it's impossible. It doesn't exist in the world other than superdraft.io. We do have a uh, affiliate thing with them. If you use the promo code elite, you get 50% deposit bonus. So they'll give you free money to play with. You get free contests and all this other good stuff if you sign up using Elite as your promo code. Also, uh, all of our 50-50s are posted. You see Elite 50-50, $5, $10, $25 contests, and all that stuff. I am in every single one of those contests against you, so you guys can see exactly what I play every single week, compete against me. And as I said, I've thrown out the gauntlet. If you score the highest amount of points in any Elite Fantasy contest over there at SuperDraft. I will, you get, you will win a guest spot on my Sirius XM show or this very podcast. Sirius XM, you cannot curse here. You can curse and talk about whatever fuck we want. You can ask me any fucking question you want. So it's up to you which show you'd like to go on, but you'll be my guest. If you score the highest point total on top of obviously all the money you win, So um, that, and also in their GPP, their $125,000 guaranteed. If you score the most points in that one too. Um, whoever scores the most points will win that segment with me. And you guys, you could turn the tables, ask me any questions you want. So uh, that's a nice little thing right there. My quarterback breakdown is this Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or not Aaron Rodgers, that's uh, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Very, very much. That's the highest total. Very much want to be invested. I'm not as interested in Dak this week as I was last week. We rode Dak three touchdowns. Uh, wonderful Russell Wilson. I am interested in, but he's crazy expensive. And on super draft, he's only a 1x multiplier. Uh, that's that's just not enough for me. Um, Dak is 1.15 multiplier, it's not enough for me in, in that, especially with at his price point. The, I also don't like the matchup against Seattle's defense as much as I did against Atlanta's defense. Remember, they played like shit the first half of that game. I like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will likely be my DFS quarterback in every contest. We've talked about how bad Detroit's secondary is. I think the Lions will be able to score enough to keep Kyler and company going. Kyler already has two rushing touchdowns this year. I told you at the beginning of the season – He's going to have to run in the red zone to become effective. He's doing exactly that. It's perfect. DeAndre Hopkins is going to eat against this poorest Lions secondary. He's only 1.15x multiplier on super draft, which, by the way, so my new theory on super draft is this you need about 24 points, roughly about 24 points to win on that site, right? So if you need about 24 points, Per player to win, what I'm looking for is to me, the easiest way to use that, the multiplier format, is to look for somebody that is absolutely, positively no brainer, a lock to score 16 regular fantasy points. Then you find that best player at a 1.5x multiplier or higher, obviously. But 16 points is a very low benchmark, an extremely good match. Remember, those no salary cap. You'd use all the best. So, and then get a 1.5X or greater. That gives you the 24 plus that you're looking for. I like that idea much better than trying to figure out, well, maybe he goes for 22 and he's a 1.15X multiplier, or maybe Russell Wilson gave me 24 and – at the natural, you know, he's only one X with no multiplier. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to aim higher, you know, get a little bit lower of a bar. And that way, because if they score 20 and you get one point X multiplier, it's phenomenal. You get 30 points and you're way over your threshold. It's less that the rest of the, the crew needs to do it. So that's the way. I have a whole thing on it. Uh, wrote it up in this week's uh, Cash Game Breakdown over EliteFantasy.com. So get there and check that one out. Cam Newton. Kyler Murray, those two are going to battle it out. Cam's on 1.25x multiplier on Super Draft. He's only 7,700 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. Kyler Murray's only 6,800 on DraftKings. He's got to be your DraftKings quarterback. This doesn't make any sense elsewhere. Murray, though, is 8,400 on FanDuel. It's only only 300 less than Wilson, only 100 less than Dak, but he is 700 more than Cam Newton. So that's the way I go there. If you're looking for – I think Matt Ryan's also a decent enough play. If you're looking, though, for a value type of quarterback, good luck finding it this week. Phillip Rivers, 7,000 on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings, and 1.65 multiplier. Now that's exactly what we're looking for on SuperDraft. Phillip Rivers isn't going to be a hero for us, but he's going to get us that point total we desperately need So, I do like that one. The other one I like a lot is Mitch Trubisky, 1.55x multiplier on Super Draft. 7,500 on FanDuel seems a little expensive, but only 5,700 on DraftKings. I like Trubisky. He gets a terrible Atlanta defense. Atlanta's going to have no problem scoring against Chicago. So, I think this game obviously will shoot out a bit, and Trubisky will run and do like he did in the second half against the Detroit Lions on week one. If he does that, he's good for 20 plus points plus that multiplier. You're in pretty good shape. So though that's my landscape at the quarterback position for Daily Fantasy. Remember, Cash Game Breakdown has them all, all the positions, the core fours. You could also hear core four on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, but I am, a, I'm a, out of time. I'm over an hour already. I'm trying not to go over an hour for you guys. Um, but I want to give you some plays for this week for all my betting people out there. Let's go with my survivor pool. Won both entries yesterday or last week, I should say, uh, where the 49ers easily won. And my, um, who's my other bet? Oh, the, um, um Tennessee Titans. Forty ers and Titans both win. So that was last week. I have two entries in Survivor Pools over elite sportsbetting.com. I'll give you one of those entries here for this week. And yes, I'm going to go with a very chalky one. It's the Indianapolis Colts. I love the Indianapolis Colts defense, Rivers had a better game in week two. They easily beat the Minnesota Vikings. I think it'll be a very similar matchup against the Jets this week. They're 11-point favorites at home. They got a wake-up call in week number one, losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a big – it's a team that's supposed to compete for a Super Bowl this year, why they brought in Phillip Rivers. And it's also, outside of Marlon Mack, one of the teams that is the most healthiest. At this stage, too, John Taylor looked all right, ran the ball for over 100 yards, got an end zone. You have the Naheem Hines threat. This this team's a lock. They're going to win this game. Don't overthink it. Just use Indianapolis, and uh, there you go. I have an under-the-radar team this week uh, for my other survivor entry pool, but you have to check that out, and elitesportsbetting.com. How about a uh, so that's my lock? Oh no! Now let's give you. I'll give you a lock and an underdog for the sports betting world. How about that? Every week I'll give you one. How about that? All right. That way you guys know I'm on my game. The lock of the week, the absolute stone cold lock of the week, uh, for uh, for the against the spread. Now remember, this could be anything. This could be. Over unders, it could be literally anything that you would have. You know, over unders against the spread. It could be a prop bet. Although I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not gonna do. I'm probably not gonna give you a lock prop bet unless there's something wrong somewhere, right? Like there's there's something that just is the line is wrong, or you get a great number at uh, at a certain book or something like that. So. Um, there you go. My absolute, uh, locks here this week are the, uh, what is my lock this week? Let me see it. I gotta, I gotta find it. Why am I blanking out on it all of a sudden? Oh yeah, that's right. The, uh, Patriots minus six and a half absolute lock for sure against the Raiders. There's a lot of hype on the Raiders coming off a Monday night victory, but short week for them flying across country to New England to face Cam Newton and a completely revitalized and rejuvenated offense for the New England Patriots. You know the Patriots' defense always plays pretty well. Russell Wilson took them apart in Seattle last week, but uh, Derek Carr is not Russell Wilson. This isn't going to be close. This is a Patriots' win. Lock it up, six points four minus six and a half actually now that's uh, got six points earlier in the week, but it's six and a half right now. So lock in as soon as you can get that hook because we don't want to go to seven or God forbid, seven and a half. Uh, Don't want to live in that range. You want to underdog play of the week. I got it for you. The New York football giants plus four against the San Francisco 49ers. Not only. Do I think the Giants are going to cover the four? I think they can win the game straight up. But I'll take the points for now. At home, this defense is in disarray for San Francisco. They're resting their quarterback. They're resting their running back. They have an injury prone running back, third string running back starting for them. They still don't have any wide receiver help. The only thing the 49ers have is a great offensive line. And that may carry them to victory. But this game is going to be a lot closer than. Anybody thinks. And if I'm getting four with a home team that I think is in a good situation, I also think people discredit because they lose Saquon Barkley. But I think Daniel Jones could be thrown all over San Francisco. So I think it's actually a good time for them to have lost Saquon Barkley if there's ever a good time, um, just for one week. But plus four with the Giants. That's my underdog pick of the week. All right, folks. Went over the hour. Hope you enjoyed the program. If there's any other things you want me to dive into here on this podcast, happy to do it for you. Just hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, D Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Listen to my show Elite Sports every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 210, XM87 on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, fantasyguru.com, EliteFantasy.com elite a lot of places you to go hope to see you guys around and if not we'll see you next week for sure i want to wish everybody best of luck in week number three hopefully the injury bug doesn't bite you you may disagree that's okay why but this was one man's opinion see you next time everybody. Peace out.